Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two shots and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. All right, man, we made it, man. We made it to Friday. We made it. Five, five minutes past the top of the hour. <clears throat> Excuse me. Woo! Running on fumes, baby. Running on fumes. I love it. I'm feeling good, Ben. How you feeling this morning? Awful. Yeah, perfect. We got Seth Stokes to pick up the slack on a beautiful Friday. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it. Stokes, good morning, sir. Handle it. Good morning, sir. How are we Still doing today? Man, we are fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Man, it's good to be here. It's the best day of the week. Uh, great, great day to be alive. Tennessee is, um, man, Tennessee, Tennessee is, 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 one and oh, guys. One and oh. They one and oh. are oh and one. One and oh, baby. They are, <laughs> they are one and oh, all right. Yes, sir. Don't need a hot key when I'm in the studio for yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to wake up, number one. My hot key energy is not here Give me today. both. Number two, I am trying not to look at that game last night and be like, 
huh, huh, you know, how happy we want. <laughs> but I was expecting a little bit more, huh, a little bit more on offense, you know, after those 14 points. Huh, I was like they was having fun. Energy was definitely better in the stadium. Players were playing hard, having a good time, high-fiving. No, that's the, I did want to see that. But, man, I sure did want them to cover. <laughs> Stokes, man. Um, man, I know, you, I know you took it in the game last night. We were texting back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. Man, just your overall thoughts on the game and any part of the game that stood out to you or anything you want to mention. We got a whole hour with you, Stokes, so don't, you don't you don't have to 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 let it all rip in, in one sentence, but man, just your overall thoughts from last night. Well, just looking at the quarterback position specifically, um I think there's a lot of upside with Joe Milton. Mm-hmm. But how often are we going to see good Joe Milton? That's that's going to be the question. Um, I, I he was he was meh for me. Mm-hmm. Little M E H meh. He was meh. But the receivers have got to help their quarterback out too. I mean, you know, if he hits you between the numbers, you got to catch that ball. And that happened several times last night. Um, Defensively, I appreciated the energy. There was a few drives that uh, I'm sure the defense would like to have back. But for the most part, uh, they they pinned their ears back and, and played hard, which was nice to see. But offensively, they've got to get uh, got to get more efficient. Um, this was the first game of Josh Heupel's head coaching career uh, that his offense didn't didn't roll up 500 plus yards. Ben, but, oh sorry, you, you, I didn't know if you was you was finished, Stokes. About oh, no, I'm, I'm good. That's 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 a brief overview. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot to get into in this hour, but um, that those are kind of my my overview takeaways from from last night. Yeah, I'm I'm with Stokes. Uh, Stokes uses the word "meh." I use the word "underwhelming." It, it was very. Underwhelming. Tyon Evans, Jabari Small, nothing underwhelming about their performance. My bold prediction on our GameQuest podcast that Eric Kane and I did to preview the game at VolQuest, uh, my bold prediction was that both Jabari Small and Tyon Evans were going to total over 100 yards apiece. So I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit because they both looked they looked great. They 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 looked great. There was nothing underwhelming about Jabari Small and Tyon Evans. My favorite part was I thought that they looked – or I thought that they got better as the game progressed, uh, especially Tyon Evans. And I, I thought you could tell that there was a sense of urgency with Tyon because he didn't start. He, he didn't play the first two series of the game, and, and he came in there and uh, on his first handoff or two tried to <laughs> make a house call, uh, as did Jalen Wright when Jalen Wright got a few touches in there as a – as a true freshman, but I thought Tyon really settled in and, and had a, a great night. Uh, but other than that, the offense was was very underwhelming. And we obviously talked up how bad that Bowling Green team nah, was. Nah, they're not that <laughs> and, bad. I mean, based off of last night, look, I don't think they're going to go win the MAC or anything. But uh, I will be curious to see kind of 
how their season unfolds. Again, I, I don't think they're going to go win the MAC, but they they did not look near as bad as I thought that they would. They they did it, and I'll be curious to see down the road, looking back in hindsight, was that because Tennessee did not take advantage of of playing a horrific football team, or did did Bowling Green just take a big step from last season and? and are, are they uh, just a better team than they were last year? So, uh, but still, they're, they're they're still the type of team that Tennessee should dominate, and and Tennessee did at, at times. But Joe Milton, a lot of ups and downs, ran the ball well, but uh, left uh, a lot to be desired for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Um, and listen, he his first first game uh, for Joe Milton, first game for this offense in a new brand new system. Uh, so I expected, I expected hiccups for sure. Um, I I felt like Tennessee's talent would um, overwhelm Bowling Green, um, and at times it did, and at times it it, it didn't. Um, when you play an offense, there's a type of laser focus and attention detail that you got to have. And I remember this from Coach Cut. Like you can go back and watch the film, and you can see one inch. One little play, uh, one little player here not executing their assignment, and it's the reason why that play wasn't successful for a 20 or 30 or 40-yard game. And I'm pretty sure they're going to watch this film um, today. I'm sure coaches have already watched it, and they're going to see that. Um, receivers, it's time to hit the jug machines today. Um, we got a lot of work to do. This is why, you know, when talking about the receivers this fall camp, you know, I wouldn't – I wouldn't. I wouldn't hyping these guys up um, at all at wide receiver. Uh, I know they had a lot. They have a lot of talent. They're young talent, but you got two players that did not play, and you know why? Why did they not play? I still have yet to kind of find out exactly why. Um, you know, I, I got wind of that. You know, kind of right before, right before the game, uh, as we was doing the big ones countdown there on Vaughn Network, uh, got word that Byron Young. Was going to play earlier in the week, um, but that became official, and people started to really talk about that. But but the receivers, um, the receivers, they they wasn't good enough, man. Simple, simple as that. Uh, Joe Milton wasn't good enough at times, you know, seeing the football field. Um, now he did hit Jalen Hyatt on a crossing route, but that throw should have been done. Uh, should have should have happened uh, in the first window, in the second window, and you know he hit him. Uh, high is happy for the catch, you get the yards, but that throw was in the fourth window, third or fourth window on the opposite side of the football field. So, you know, when they watch the film, Joe's going to be able to see guys running open a whole lot earlier uh, than when he decided to throw it. But I, listen, this is a guy that wasn't out there during the spring, um, first game, got to clean up all the mistakes. And this is the best time to do it. When you go from your first game to your second game, uh, I did expect more. Um, but they got to clean it up. They got to get ready to go. Um, they got an extra day of practice more than Pittsburgh to prepare for this game. And they better take advantage of it because they, they got to get better faster than a hurry. They're not playing another bowling green this week or next week. So um, got to clean up the mistakes. And there were certainly a ton of them. But one thing that I wanted to see that I saw, guys, I don't know how you guys feel and if you saw that, but I wanted to see the excitement. I wanted to see these players – playing with a purpose and having fun. And I thought we saw that for the most part. Um, you know, 
this this team did lack a lot of leadership and liked a lot of things last year. So I don't expect like magically going from zero to a hundred and going from zero to having everything, but it was certainly better. And that's what I wanted to see. And so as long as you have the enthusiasm, you have the positive energy, getting better, correcting mistakes shouldn't be that big of a problem. And I expect those guys to do that um, moving forward. Ben? No, I was just going to add real quick when you mentioned Byron Young, we had several questions about Byron Young's status on the text box Mm -hmm. yesterday. And you were at Alumni Hall, so obviously you were not here in the studio, but received two phone calls Mm -hmm. uh, during a break asking if we could address the Byron Young situation because Mm -hmm. the Byron Young rumors were beginning to fly. Mm -hmm. And I I believe I speak for you as well, but correct me if if I say something you don't want me to speak for you about. But uh, we we didn't want to address that in that moment on Tennessee's behalf because Tennessee was still in the process of trying to – get him eligible. They they are appealing this situation and hope that maybe it can get turned around uh, before this Saturday's game because obviously you don't need Byron Young last night, but you're going to need him against Pittsburgh. He Mm -hmm. is your best pass rusher. You're going to need him against Pittsburgh. So uh, found out earlier in the week that Byron Young wasn't going to be able to play. Tennessee was appealing the process. They they did not want that information out. Obviously, Austin Price dropped it at about 5.45 yesterday before the game. But uh, just wanted to offer a, a quick apology to those who were uh, begging for for an update on Byron Young's status yesterday on the text box and, and to the two gentlemen that called in and, and asked directly if we could address it. Uh, that That is why we did not touch it because uh, Tennessee was still in the process of, of trying to appeal uh, – that situation so that he would be able to play last night and uh the they they didn't want to be out there just yet well the fans ain't too proud to beg ben so they want to know the information it's okay <laughs> it's okay being on nothing about that dude stucks ain't too proud to beg you know nothing about that right there that's 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 taking you back right there stokes so yeah yeah it is um a lot, a lot, a lot to correct, but you know, I was how was the, how was the lights, man? I mean, I, it seemed like the lights were cool, but I mean, I just I, like I saw them flashing. Um, energy in the stadium was 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 better than I expected. It um, playing a Bowling Green team, um, so the energy was was a whole lot better. Good to see Stir the Pearl, who has all the energy in the world. I wonder if we can borrow some energy from Sterl this morning, but all the energy. It's good to see him. Good to see him back. But, um, yeah, man, Milton Milton has some work to do. But this is one thing that um, I like about Milton, man. Um, on the sideline, he's talking to his teammates. He's talking to his offense. There's positive energy. The young man is running the football, something he wasn't asked to do to Michigan. Um, had a couple times where he stopped his feet and just was a little unsure about taking taking a hit or going down. Um, but um, there's a flow in offense. There's a confidence in 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 him from his offense. Um, that's good to see. You know, the quarterback position over the last couple of years, man, we had a, we had some guys that just wasn't real confident, wasn't real sure. Um, so let's go to the phones, man. Let's let's get let's get to the phones. We got Stokes on. 
Um, we can go to the phones. So let's do it. Who we have? We have Steve in Georgia. Steve in Georgia. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. Uh, I'll take a W anytime we can get it. But yeah. uh, a couple questions, and uh, mostly around the receiving core. Um, well, first of all, Milton, whenever he runs into tacklers, looks like that kid that doesn't want to play dodgeball. Um, don't know what that's all about. But anyway, is there such a thing as throwing it too hard? Um, I noticed that a lot of the receivers that were dropping, well, there was really one that dropped a few big-time uh, catches, but it's like he's trying to catch it with his body, and I've always heard you say that, you know, you want to try to catch it with your hand. Always. And I don't know if it's because Milton is just throwing so so daggone hard that, you know, he's scared he's going to break a finger or something. But, I mean, does Milton have a touch pass? I mean, is there a case where you don't want to throw it that hard? Because it seemed like everything he threw was 120 miles an hour. I, uh, I'll listen to your answer off the phone. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you, Steve. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see any pass that 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 was dropped that could have been, um, you know, the, the buster could have been taken off a little bit. I mean, listen, when I look at when I look at wide receiver play, uh, unless you are you know, five yards away from the quarterback, running a route <clears throat> where you stop right in front of the center, and the quarterback throw you high and throw hard, and it tips up. For interception, okay. Now look at the quarterback, but that's really it, it man. I put all the responsibility on the receiver to catch the football. The jug machines are there for a reason. This is why we was told to catch one hundred balls a day. There's no substitute, and there's no excuses for dropping passes. Simple as that. Your job is to catch, and so that has to be rectified. That has to be addressed today. Um, the leaders in this wide receiver room um, need to be out there on that jug machine, need to be talking to these guys. You cannot afford those type of plays. You can't afford penalties. You can't afford missed assignments. This team is not good enough to be able to do that and recover from from drop passes. So um, I'm not looking at Joe Milton. I'm not making any excuses for the wide receivers. Catch the ball, man. Simple as that. Catch the ball. That's it. That's it. I'm not looking at Joe. Catch the ball. I would love to have some of those passes. Hit me in my hands as soon as I come out, of my, come out of my breaks. I want the ball coming in that fast because that gives me more time to make something happen after the catch. If I got to wait for the ball that split second, that gives the DB that much more time to get in position to make a tackle after I catch it. But as soon as I get out of my breaks, the ball is there. Because he has that zip and velocity, that's what I want. So I'm not making any excuses for the wide receivers. Yeah, Stokes, you can you can look at nice. <laughs> Stokes. You can look at Milton for overthrowing Cedric Tillman twice. Why are we throwing deep balls? To Cedric Although Tillman? I want to know why we're throwing deep balls to, to Cedric Tillman. That was, that was that was my first thought. Milton still needs to make those throws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got but personnel. interesting personnel decision by Tennessee to put Tillman uh, in those spots. I, I wonder how much that is also because the, the injury room or the receiver room seems to be banged up. Valus dealing with, with some hamstring issues. Uh, Jimmy Calloway did not play last night. So I, I wonder if Cedric was, was running that route because the receiver room isn't all that healthy at the moment. But uh, you, you can blame him for missing those throws. Stokes, but the the ones over the middle that are just on an absolute rope that are NFL throws, mm-hmm. you you can't blame him for that, Stokes. 
No, I mean, he he had throws, hit receivers in the hands, in the chest. I mean, on those plays when receivers just didn't do their part, you know, as Bill Belichick would say, do your job. Um, nothing Milton can do about that. It's it's the things where he went to a guy that was maybe covered with a tougher throw when he had a guy wide open, you know, on his next read. Like that, that, that was the part to me that I was like, okay, we, <clears throat> we've got to get this guy a little more comfortable. Um, he was either too quick going through his progressions, uh, maybe locking on a little bit or a little too slow to pull the trigger. Like Swain said, he's got his guy open first window, second window, third window. Oh, now let me throw it. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you've got a strong enough arm. You can throw it into a, a tighter window if that's your best read. I just there's just some some things with Milton that yeah he messed up on a couple of things here but good grief the arm talent that oh, kid has it's oh, insane oh yeah and like oh yeah sorry my bad stuff. oh you're good I mean he's this is stuff that can be cleaned up mm-hmm. and and the thing is if they if they fix a couple of those miscues in the second quarter and and get a couple of points um we're we're having probably a different conversation this morning. Mm-hmm. Like we won thirty eight six, and we're picking it apart. Yep. And it could have been and should have been, and I think that's why I'm picking it apart because it should have been a whole lot more. But there's a lot to correct. It's not that you're watching that going; they're incapable of doing X Y Z. It's just that they 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 did not play their best, and that was obvious. Yep. Yeah. I'm. You know critiquing the game mm-hmm. is the way I do it comes from a place like a coach would critique. It's not just getting on him complaining about not having Madden type plays. Uh, you know, Jalen Hyatt's first drop, I can tell you what happened. I can tell you what he did wrong outside of dropping it. The It was a dig route and the dig route wasn't flat enough. So, if he was flat, that throw would have been right there in the numbers or right in front of him instead of being behind him. And so that's what happened. He put one foot in the ground um, and shoulders didn't get didn't get square uh, enough to be flat. And that's what happened. That's it's an easy that's an easy observation there. But and he'll see that on film um, and let the and let the ball kind of get past his eyes a little bit. But um, those are things that Stokes nailed. Right? They they're they're correctable. These things are. Uh, easy to to be um, fixed, but they get, you have to address it, and it has to be harped on. And so this is this is this is up to Cody Burns. You see what happens in film, and then you get to the practice field, and then you work on those things. So now, remember I said Ben earlier about you you should have all the drops tallied mm-hmm. in practice, and however many drops you have that practice. Y'all need to be doing up downs or some type of punishment. Like this will be a good time to start doing that. Um, you can't afford to be having you know multiple drops in a game. Uh, s- simple as that. You don't want a group to be having drops, and so that message needs to be loud and clear that drops are unacceptable playing the wide receiver position at, at Tennessee. Um, but that can be fixed with with, with great habits um, in, in practice. So let's go back to the phones. And looks like we have some good ones. Hunter. Hunter is next. Hunter, good morning. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? Man. So I'm wonderful. Man, I, I tell y'all what. The uh I know we all feel a little underwhelmed because of the quarterback play, 
but I'm still excited. This yeah, team showed more flash yeah. than they did all last year. And, I mean, you take away just those uh, a few bad reads. I felt like Milton was scanning one side of the field. Yep, yep. I may be wrong. No, I, I agree. That's – I'm un- no, whoa, let me. Let, I want. I want to make sure I stop, stop, and address something before we move on, because I want to make sure the narrative is correct. I'm underwhelmed by the offensive production throughout the game. I'm not underwhelmed by Joe Milton's performance. It's right. for me. So, it's the whole I, time. I, I, I feel like I feel like we all felt like we just gonna put a hundred on them, you mm-hmm. know, before the game. You know, that's just the, the mindset we had because of we all watched like Hopple's offense at UCF and Missouri. So we and we felt like uh, Milton just had the strong arm, and he does. He does. I mean, right? he, you could see flashes that he could be great. But I felt like we put so much expectations on him in that first game, and, and if you take that second quarter away, this team was awesome for the most part. And I felt like they were very vanilla in the second half. So I tell you what I love the most is the coaches made adjustments. How many times last year did we watch this team and feel like, how come we can't stop a slant? How come we can't do this and that? Yeah, this true. team made adjustment, adjustments. But, boys, y'all have a good one. I'm ready for next Saturday. Stokes, what, what did you see um, in regards to, to Hunter's – I guess critique is, is the right word, but the, the first thing he mentions is, is that it felt like Milton was was kind of keyed in on on one side of the field from the snap of the ball. That is that is an observation that I had. It, it felt like he was only looking to one side of the field for for nearly the entire game, and it was either that side of the field or take off running or or force it into something. Like on the Cedric Tillman touchdown throw that Cedric Tillman bailed him out on, he, he's looking Cedric Tillman. He the entire way, and he misses Jalen Hyatt running wide open down the middle of the field. And I, I don't know who the back was, but the back was, was standing on the far side of the field wide open with nobody within 20 yards of him. So was that something that you noticed that as well, Stokes? Because it, it looked to me like he was locked in on, on one side of the field and, and wasn't necessarily going through second, third, fourth progressions a ton. Yeah, I mean, there were times when it definitely felt like he was predetermining where he was going to throw the ball before the ball was ever snapped. Um, uh, and I, I think that's something that he was guilty of at, at uh, Michigan, and that's carried over a bit here and something that the coaches are going to have to work to correct this season. Um, I don't I don't want to say he would lock on to just one side of the field all game long because he held on to the ball for a real long time just to be looking at one side of the field. Um if he wasn't looking everywhere, um, I just, I'm, I'm to me, it looked like he wasn't quite sure at times of what he was seeing and he wasn't confident that he could make the, make the throw without making a mistake. Um, just because he wasn't confident what he was looking at. Um, and that's why you had some of the hesitation. That's why you saw him, um, sometimes unnecessarily run out of the pocket, try to create something that maybe didn't need to be there. But for me watching on TV, it's tough because it's only showing what Joe Milton's doing Mm -hmm. and not what's going on down the field until after the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it is a little bit, uh, a little bit difficult sometimes to truly judge a quarterback just based on what you see on TV. Um, The definitely the arm talents there. 
I can I, I would like to see him run with if he is going to tuck it and run run with a little more just a little bit more um, aggression a bit just just you know in on average he had a couple of runs that were nice nice little stiff arm when he got in the end zone that was good to see and and I'm a swain I'm critiquing the looking at it from an entire uh, offensive side of the 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 football you know standpoint not just Joe Milton um, there there. There are things everybody on offense could have done a little bit better, except for maybe the running backs because they came to play and they they balled just pretty much any time they got the opportunity. Um, but like from the receivers, they, you know, in those short routes, you're expecting your guy at that point. You're 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 one on one with a DB, make a man miss, like get get some more some you know a little bit of that yak was missing last night. Yep. So that's those are the things I'm looking at. So was he locked on on one side of the field? It's hard to say. From from a I'm watching it on TV standpoint, I, I can't sit here and say he was or he wasn't because they just don't give you the the views like that. And we don't um, know, we don't and we don't know the like we don't know the quarterback's progressions either. Correct. And well, exactly. Was, yeah, what he's asked to do because yep. we got to keep in mind he wasn't he wasn't here in the spring. So mm-hmm. you know, that, this is this is when you ask the coaches, all right, how much of the playbook is he given? And is he and, and is he asked to read from left to right or right to left, or are we giving him half the field reads? And before you before you know we jump to conclusions, well, I think we have to know that for sure. That that was my I next that, that was my next point, Stokes and Swain is is that I because to me it did look like it was a a half field read more often than not. That 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 was my observation. That that's what I saw. Uh, so I'll be curious to see as we progress through September, get into October, will we continue to see something that looks like a, a half field type of look each and every time he gets the ball and, and drops back to pass, or or is it him doing it on his own volition? Uh, that that is something that I'll be curious to see play out. Time will tell because it, it looked like a, a half field <laughs> progression each time he dropped back to me. Time will tell, man. Time will tell. Again, first game um, as a Tennessee Vol. I think it's easy for his, us to, to to lock in on the quarterback and talk all quarterback. We, you know, we've kind of been used to doing that because the quarterback has been the reason why the offense has not been able to 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 do more. And I don't look at it like that. We've been so used to you know having that that stance. Yep. But for me, it was so many guys that that. Could have played better. And the running backs were great, but there was times when I'm like, well, you one-on-one with a guy in space. Why are you getting tripped up? Every Everybody can look mm-hmm. at the film and point out some things that they can get better at. And this is this is, this is is why you watch the film. This is why you play the game, because there is a continuous, relentless pursuit of improvement. That's, that's, that's how it is. Whether you lose, whether you win, whether you play good, whether you play bad, there is a relentless pursuit of continuous improvement, and that's going to take place today. It's going to take place tomorrow. It's going to take place every single day to a Tennessee football player or an SEC football player or football in general. That needs to be the mindset. That needs to be um, your approach. That's how you get better. So no one should be walking around acting like uh, they want Super Bowl, but no one should be too down on themselves that they didn't go out there and put 60 points on Bowling Green. Like, you won the game, you had some mistakes, first game of the season, new systems on both sides of the football, new defense coordinator, and, you know, new system on offense. 
Just go back and get better. That's that's what game one to game two is all about. All right. Uh, hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, Electrical. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Steven Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event Crew. As the weather heats up, so does our market. And from Johnson City to Knoxville, eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties. The chili is hot in East Tennessee, so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market, I'm just a phone call away. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search 
is over. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. It's a new season, which means it's time to rep your team in new ways with gear from Game Time Sidekicks. Rep the Vols with every sip with a new tie-dye tumbler or bottle. They also have a new NFL Players Association product line, so you can support your favorite VFL on Sundays. Want to put your own flair on a tumbler? Game Time Sidekicks has you covered with options to add your own text or even a monogram on the back of your favorite team tumbler. To check out everything that Game Time Sidekicks has to offer, go to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Carry your team with Game Time Sidekicks. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Tomorrow, Alumni Hall Block Party, Turkey Creek, 11 to 2 p.m., sponsored by the Vol Network, special appearances, UT Cheer, Smokey, uh, we'll be there. I'm hosting, emceeing this event, so look forward to seeing everyone out, uh, 11309 Parkside Drive, right there, Turkey Creek. That'll be fun. What will also be fun is is watching Clemson beat up on Georgia Stokes. Uh, I'm curious. Or I imagine you're going for Clemson in, in this one. I, I imagine it's a, a little trickier than usual, though, because I imagine Clemson fans are starting to get on your nerves there in South Carolina. Um, I'm all in on Clemson on this one. <laughs> hey, we, I'm with you. We all in, baby, today. I'm all in. I can't wait to see him whoop that Georgia butt. But are are Clemson fans like starting to get on your nerves to to where Clemson's really starting to be a, be a team that you can't stand? Not really, because they're not in the SEC. Yep. Like, you know, I'm I'm sure Tennessee fans got on other people's nerves in the '90s when Tennessee was dominating everything, taking everybody's lunch money. Um, and so I I, I don't let it get to me because look they. They have some bragging rights, and they're bragging. It's it's the fans that their teams aren't really all that good and hadn't won anything in a long time. South Carolina? Yeah, that, that continue to talk a lot of ish. Those are the people I look at sideways like, who, who are you talking to right now? <laughs> Your team is not much better than mine. It'll be a fun game. All in, baby. We all in. Georgia's, all in. Not, Georgia's not going in a good direction. I picked Clemson to win, so... 
Uh, George has dealt with a lot of drama. I'm, I'm going to go out in the backyard and find me a rock, rub it a little bit as I walk into the house. Bro, <laughs> I was about to say the same thing, Stokes. Literally coming out of my mouth. I just I was about to say, I'm about to go in the backyard and find me a rock to bring in here. We're going to rub it all show. Well, what's good is I'm sure y'all's boy TJ Moe can hook you up with a rock since since that's their thing there at Missouri. Oh, yeah. he, he can hook y'all up with a rock. Yeah, he he just, said he would hook you up with a rock did, last he did, time he was on. He did on. say that. He did say that. So, yeah, we gotta, we're going to rub some rocks today. All in, baby. All in, baby. That gummit. Ain't that what that what we saying? <laughs> That gummit, bring BYOB, bring your own, no, BYOG, bring your own guts. Like, what? I don't even know what that means, but okay, Dabo. Yeah, 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 bring it. Yeah, let's go, Dabo. Let's go. Woo! Give Dabo. Let's go, Dabo. Oh, my goodness. Let me ask y'all this as it comes up on Swain's TV as we've got the game replaying here in the studio. Stokes, what'd you think of uh, Josh Heupel not taking a timeout there? Before the 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 halftime break, I I guess it was uh, after uh, Tyler Barron had a sack and then uh, Bowling Green connected on a fifty yard field goal. I was kind of surprised that Josh Heupel didn't take the timeout before the field goal attempt after the Tyler Barron sack. I think had the offense been showing a little more consistency um, in, in a positive way in the second quarter, he probably takes that timeout. Um, but the the way the offense was you know, not playing well, and he is going to run that hurry-up offense no matter what the situation is, it seems like. Um, I think he was like, this is this will be a good way to run some time off the clock. We're still going to have some time to, to run our offense a little bit um, here at the end of the half and, and, and get, into the, uh, get into the locker room unscathed. Um, but I would have liked to have seen the timeout. I was a little shocked that, that you know, initially when it didn't happen, Myself and and pretty much any any other football fan that knows even a little bit about the game on Twitter all kind of said the same thing. Like, hmm, that was curious. Uh, but thinking about it, I was like, I don't know if I'd have called it either because the offense wasn't really doing enough to give me any confidence that we're not going to give them the ball back with time to to get it done. And they were marching the field at the time. So, um, but uh, I, looking back on the game. You know, we we went hurry up there when we probably you know if he wasn't going to call the timeout probably could have sucked a little clock out and uh, and got into the half um, a little quicker and at the end of the game with Hinton Hooker in you know most coaches are taking knees right then and or or just run it up the gut take your time get to the line run it up the gut they were snapping the ball <laughs> within. A couple of seconds of that ball being spotted. So um, he, he is he's running that offense. Question for you, Stokes. Question for you too, Ben. Stokes' beer of the weekend? No. Not no, yet? No, no. So we got about ten minutes? Yeah, we we got some we got some time. If your team fails to cover but your team wins, like how do you feel? Do you do you do you really do you really feel like you won? when your team fails to cover. And that was the case last night. Um, if I had money on it, I'd be a little more disappointed <laughs> than I am now. <laughs> but because I didn't have anything riding on that game except for my attitude, um, I'm I'm taking the W. Cause look, this we've seen Tennessee recently lose to Georgia State. So 
I'm taking every W we get with a grin. And I'm not going to be the least bit upset or disappointed if we don't cover as long as that W happens. That's that's all that matters to me right now because covering don't get you to a bowl game. Wins get you to a bowl game. I'm I'm with Stokes. Now, it is circumstantial. I I personally, I know y'all weren't going as far as, as I am, but I, I'm underwhelmed by, by last night's performance, particularly with the offense. And to be even more specific, the, the, the passing offense, very underwhelming. Yeah, I thought the receivers be. left a lot to be desired. I was underwhelmed with Joe Milton. I, I was underwhelmed with the passing offense, and Josh Heupel was too, because I asked him about receivers and how he would assess their play, and he, he was quick to point out that they factored in as a big reason as to why the passing offense was 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 so inconsistent and mm-hmm. uh, did did not look great. So, like, last night, Stokes, like, Tennessee not covering does bug me because that that's a game where Tennessee – in my opinion, should have scored 45, 50 points, but shot themselves in the foot one too many times. But if, if Tennessee's a, a four-point favorite over Florida in the swamp and they only win by two, you know, I'm not going to complain about Tennessee not covering the four-point four spread they won in the swamp. So it's, it's all circumstantial to me. Yeah. Well, the real lesson is you don't bet on your, bet on your team. Doesn't. Yeah, don't bet on your team. Yes. <laughs> that's 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 the lesson right there. As Dr. Vall learned last year. Yeah, don't bet on the team you cheer for. Oh, I got some news for y'all. I, I want to tell you this um, while we have Stokes. So after the game, I'm walking to my to my car, and like I didn't leave early or um, leave right after the game was over. Like we we hung out a little bit, let the, let the traffic die down, um, and so it wasn't a lot of people walking where we were walking, um, and so. The G11 garage is, is where I parked. Uh, that's over there by the police station. And I'm walking on the back side of the hill from the east side of the stadium uh, down down the hill. And I come to the stoplight. And it's not that many folks getting back to their car. And a gentleman approached me and said, hey, what's up? You know who I am. I, and I looked at him without any hesitation, and I was like, it's Neil Mafia. <laughs> it's Neil Mafia, man. I know that voice anywhere. <laughs> so, of all the people that was in Knoxville to, for that game, in that very moment, he was walking to his vehicle, I was walking to my vehicle, and we just so happened to intersect. And I met Neil Mafia for the first time. That's cool. After the game. That's awesome. Man, it was so cool to meet Neil Mafia in person. So You got to ask, was was he walking to his vehicle or was he stalking you walking to your vehicle? No, he was just walking to his vehicle. We just so happened to just cross paths. It was cool. Yeah, man. It was cool. We just happened to cross paths. And so, man, we hung out for a little bit there at the the red light and chit-chatted and Man, that was that was like one of the highlights. And then before the game, we get we doing the broadcast there of all network, Big Orange Countdown. And Casey Clausen surprised me out of nowhere. 
runs up on me during the broadcast, taps me on the shoulder. I look around, and I was in total shock that Casey Clawson was there and ran up on the set that way. When was the last time you saw him? Um, a couple of years ago at a game, him and him and Rick. So it had it hadn't been like too too long. I mean, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but yeah, I mean it was it was long enough for me not to remember. Right. Um, R. D. Vol, that was one of his uh, favorite moments last night. Uh, he said Swain's face when Casey popped up on him during the pregame show was awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, that was. That was that was freaking amazing, man. That was amazing. So that was kind of my highlights uh, of the evening, and um, man, it was just good to be around all the, the big orange fans. And, what it's all about, you know. See see the atmosphere, and you know, see the kids uh, rocking the orange and being at the game with their fathers. And so, I mean, yes, we talk about the the, the game itself. We talk about the plays in the game and the performances, things like that. But um, man, as you get a little bit older. You mean you see start you start to recognize and understand and appreciate other things about you know a big orange Saturday. So uh Neil Mafia, man, man, Neil Mafia for the first time. That was awesome, man. That was awesome. So That's cool. yeah, man. I thought I'd share that with you guys, especially with you on with the Stoke. So uh that was that was that was good stuff. Uh defensively, guys, I mean they didn't give up a touchdown. Um they had a turnover, had a pick uh, after they went to the Review and saw that the ball was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Um, so defensively, you know, a couple couple slant routes, you know, a couple wheel routes, and a couple fake bubble screens. Um, you know, if you're a Tim Banks, you certainly don't want those explosive plays uh, given up to a team like like a Bowling Green. But you know, defense did not give up a touchdown. Anytime that you bow your neck, force field goals, uh, that's a good thing. So I know. People are going to get stuck on the offense, offense, offense. But, man, you know, I thought the defense was flying around. And, um, you know, it's a good good thing that they didn't give up a touchdown. But they did give up some some explosive some explosive plays. I know Tim Banks wants to clean up. Had some couple a bad angle on one of the wheel routes. Um, defender came a little too flat. Instead of gaining ground, I probably would have stopped that pass. But uh, defensively, I thought it was a pretty solid performance, except for a couple, you know, Explosive plays in Bowling Green. Yeah, there were a couple of drives there. Um, again, it's it, all in the, the second quarter for the most part. Um, where the defense did, yeah, they, they looked flat footed. I was like, all right, they're, you're just giving Bowling Green everything underneath that they mm-hmm. want right now, and they're taking advantage of it. Um, but was proud to see them keep them out of the end zone uh, on those drives. And again, just like the offense, correctable film. Nothing that we saw last night for the most part can't be solved. Um, and can't be coached up. So <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily a lack of talent thing. Um, some of it was a little bit of a lack of experience because some new players playing in, in bigger roles than they've had before. But, um, y'all, how about, how about Elijah Simmons just laying on folks? <laughs> you going to eat your cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> how about somebody taking people lunch money? <laughs> oh, man. Big old boy, man. Big yeah. old boy. What I didn't understand about the defense were the substitutions and the rotations. And to to me, it seemed like Tennessee was purposefully getting some guys reps because I'm sorry, but when it comes Florida game, SEC games, Pitt next week, I don't want to see Solomon Page on the field. Why? Why is he and Aaron Beasley 
rotating in every two series. Defensive line would stay in. Secondary would, would stay in. But Juwan Mitchell and Jeremy Banks, they're, they're not out there. And, look, I, if they're trying to get them reps, I understand it. But Jeremy Banks needs as many reps as anybody on the team because, he's, although he's older, still kind of new to the linebacker position. I think Banks was on a pitch count last night. That that would make sense for uh, sure. Um, I I think protecting him coming back from injury, um, just making sure that, you know because they they will need him as the season goes on. So if you don't have to have him out there too much, don't have him out there too much. Like uh, if there was a, an opponent where you want to get some guys some reps and some game experience and protect some guys that that can play, but but probably shouldn't play. Every, every snap possible. Um, last night was the game to do that. Yeah, for sure. I just Some of them were confusing to me because Elijah Simmons looked awesome, like you said, Stokes. Uh, and as somebody on the text box mentioned here uh, a moment ago, uh, Z Hamilton, did Elijah Simmons get hurt or something? First two drives, it seemed like he was in the backfield every play, and then he was missing the rest of the game. Uh, so I, I would be curious to see what his – his snap count was as the game progressed. I, I obviously don't know off the top of my head because I haven't been able to rewatch the game. But it, it did feel, just kind of thinking, it, it does feel like Elijah Simmons didn't really play a ton after those uh, first couple of, of series. And obviously Rodney Garner knows what he's doing. I'm not going to question Rodney Garner, but I don't know. There are some interesting substitutions, I thought, and I, I would imagine it's because they're wanting to get – guys reps at least that's what I hope that it is do y'all think that offensively we were vanilla yes on purpose yes it seemed like so if if both sides of the ball yeah so if we think that offensively or defensively from a you know schematical uh schematics uh standpoint that they were a little vanilla then you would have to think that they wanted to get other guys in and you know see a lot more players and maybe what they would typically see going in Florida game, Georgia game, or a big game like that. So that's how I look at it. Um, you know, until I'm corrected, that's how I approach it. I think I think I said back there, I was like, why, why, why is he in so early? We we ain't up that by that much. So Every I, two series. Yeah, I, I think they want to get some guys um, on film and kind of see who and see what they're going to do because you do have a lack of depth and you don't want to go during the season – and an injury happened to a player, and they have to have to play a guy that's never that's never played, mm-hmm. hasn't got an opportunity where you, you had a perfect opportunity last night to get some of those guys in to see what they can do, so and get them some playing time. So that's how that's how I see it, and uh, you know unless a coach addresses that and is different, that's that's going to be my approach. So uh, I, was about, I was about to say those are good press conference questions. Yep, yep, yep. That's why Ben gets gets paid the big bucks. One point four rushing yards per game. Excuse me for uh, one point four rushing yards um, for Bowling Green. One point four yards per rush. Excuse me for Bowling Green. So man, if you're Tennessee defense, man, you're thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. You are thrilled. Total rushing yards was was thirty two. You are thrilled with that. So there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of bad things. Uh, this is part of it when you play. You know. First game of the year, Vol Networks, Big Orange Countdown, you know, rewind game was a 2006 Kyle, where it seemed like everything was perfect, everything was right. But I can tell you right now, we corrected a lot of stuff from that 38 to 6, whatever the store was, 
um, blowout against Kyle. They could have beat him probably by 50. But I'm telling you, there was a lot of stuff to clean up. There's a lot of stuff to fix. And that's always the case when it's your first game going to your second. So uh, it's good to see Tyler Barron get back there in the backfield, make some things happen. Looked quick. Uh, yeah, I like he, it. He looked quick. And, and Stokes kind of on the way out the door for you. I couldn't help but think of last year's Texas A&M team. I'm not saying Tennessee's going to go on to go 9-1 and one <laughs> like A&M did last year, but A&M looked horrific against Vanderbilt in their first game. They almost lost to Vanderbilt, who, who canceled their season early, didn't win a single game, fired their head football coach. They, they made Vandy look good in their, in their first game of the season. So uh, I, I think that, that can provide some hope that uh, it is game number one. And as Swain has preached, as you have preached this morning, they're, they're going to iron out some kinks and, and they're going to get better. They're, they're going to correct their mistakes on, on both sides of the ball. Maybe now that Milton has a, a start under his belt, he settles in against Pittsburgh and maybe he overthrew Cedric Tillman twice because the adrenaline was going. Uh, he still needs to make those throws, but maybe now that he's settled in with a, with a start at Tennessee under his belt, he makes that throw. So, A&M looked awful last year in their opener and went on to, to almost make the playoffs. Not saying Tennessee's going to do that, but that should at least give some fans some hope. Right, Stokes? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you, you look at the, the game against Bowling Green and take from it what you will. Um, I, I'm with Swain. I think it was, it was pretty vanilla. Um, I think they were giving some guys some looks that might it's probably not getting in, in some of those games against better opponents. Um, so there's no reason to get too high and no reason to get too low, which I, I know is, is not, you know, for fans, that's, that's an impossible ask and that's all right. Um, but it's, it's, it's what, what happens when a real opponent, a better opponent, I'll say comes into town next weekend in pit and it's not real vanilla and is, is do we see a, a bit of a different side to Joe Milton? Are the receivers a little more locked in? Because some of those drops, I mean, that's concentration. That's, that's just not looking the football into your body that's, uh, or into your hands. You shouldn't be body catching a lot of this stuff. That's, that's you know, that's JV stuff. Um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see what does the team look like against a different opponent. Did they correct some of these mistakes? Is the offense a little more intricate? Is the defense defensively? You don't need to be all that more intricate. Just let the guys play fast. Don't let the mind tie up the feet. Uh, but offensively, are there some new wrinkles thrown in? Do they just do they look more locked in? They look a little bit better. One thing about Joe Milton, those deep balls, I, the adrenaline may be going, but he looks so calm and effortless when he does it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 insane. I, Tennessee, it's been a while since Tennessee's had a quarterback that could sling that thing like he can. Yeah. I thought he was going to throw the Hail Mary at the end of the half into the third row. I mean, it's just – and it's, it's, it's just look at the flick of the wrist. Like, it's just <laughs> – he doesn't even – it doesn't even look like he's really cocking back and letting that thing go. He just he just kind of sling – just flicks it, and it and it just leaps. Tight out spiral. Of his, Tight. I mean, my goodness, it looks pretty. I just need it to be I it beautiful. It's beautiful. Memphis, 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 everything. Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. It's beautiful. Most beautiful, most beautiful city in the world. I mean, that ball is the most beautiful ball in the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. Beautiful. How about him looking like Babe Ruth a couple times, calling a shot? Oh, uh, yeah. When he was telling, him, when he was telling uh, Tillman to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that was. He, he did it more in one half than I've seen. I'm good with it. Just. Yeah, 
Listen, I saw confidence. I saw. I like it. Yeah, I saw confidence. I saw. Don't like the flat being uh, flat footed, but you no know, guy. You know, guy having fun. Um, I, hey, we can we can we can build off that. Yeah, we can work with that. We can build off that. Better right? than the alternative. Yes, sir. We can build off what what we saw last night. So I ain't I ain't worried, man. Not not yet. We didn't so. see any bow and Stokes. That was nice. We didn't see any bow and arrows either. So that was nice. <laughs> we did see the. The Cam Newton, Superman, you know, hey, if you listen to Tennessee Prime on Tuesday, you would have learned guy? that that's one of his favorite quarterbacks. So Was it him, Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers and um, – Who's the third? Yeah, I forgot the third. He, it wasn't Tom Brady, though. Mm-mm. It wasn't Tom Brady. I know uh, yeah, I was surprised on his first uh, rushing touchdown. He didn't stand up, look in the camera, and flip off Harbaugh. Man, I'm pretty sure he think you know, thinking about it, but he – Keeping his eyes forward, Stokes, just like you'll be doing today. Keep your yeah. eyes forward. Staying focused. That's it. All right, Stokes, man. We appreciate the time this morning. Dang, that hour went by real fast. It did. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, talking ball. That's right. That's right, man. Good, good to have football back. Yes, sir. All right, man. Have a good one. Y'all as well. Stay safe out there. For sure. For sure. Now, let's get to the phones right quick, Ben, then we'll take a break. Um, who we got? Somebody from Pittsburgh. I, f- I forgot his last name, so I apologize, Mr. Pittsburgh. Mr. Pittsburgh, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Man, we are, we are great. Who are we? Uh... He said Yins. Who? This, is, <laughs> this is Joe from Pittsburgh. I knew it. Joe from Pittsburgh. Car. Good morning. How's hey, Yins doing? Two other What's that? I said, how, how is Yins doing? <laughs> Yins are fine. <laughs> Hey, I got two other observations from uh, the offense that I haven't heard anybody talk about yet. When Cooper Mays went down, what did you all think about Ollie Lane being the first one in? I was stunned. I, I was I was stunned. Absolutely. I did, you, you, he, he would have been the fifth lineman I probably, if not further down the list, that I would have said gone in. But I thought he had his own. I mean, I, yeah, I, I actually thought he played very, very well, yeah. but I thought they would have slid, slid Carvin down the center and Mays down the guard, and then uh, Dane Davis would have came yep. in at right tackle. Yep. I, I That would have been my guess as as well, but I thought Ali Lane held his own. I, I don't recall seeing him getting blown up or cockroached where he's on his back and limbs in the air like a cockroach, but uh, I, I would, nah. that was one of my surprises for the night, him going in and how I just – watching to the naked eye how well he played. Yeah, I thought he played really, really well. I, I kind of watched him after he went in because I was surprised that he was the first one off, you know, the first one off the bench. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, we, my uh, second question, go ahead. my second uh, observation is, what do you think about uh, Pierce being the fourth running back? What happened to Linnaeus and, and, and Dee Beckworth? Yeah, Ben, you, you, you mentioned that early in the show during the break. See what had happened. See this is this, this is an awkward conversation. Marcus Pierce, a walk on going in before Lenith Whitehead and D Beckwith. Yeah, I, I was really surprised. Uh, me too. I mean, yeah, especially that, that tells y'all Lanith. need to know. Yeah, that that very telling. I mean, it tells y'all you need to know. Very telling. You know, either someone is hurt or. They they're not getting it done. They in the doghouse. I mean, if you having a walk on play in front of you, I mean, uh, I mean hey, <laughs> do you think one of them or both of them need to make a, a position change now? 
Now, I thought it, it, weeks ago, months ago, they need to make a position change. The problem, with, at least in terms of D. Beckwith, I just don't think Tennessee has any idea what to do with him. I, I, I don't think they know how to best utilize his, his athleticism at his size. I, I don't think they know what to do with him. Yeah, I, I was just really shocked when I, did, when I saw Pierce come in and, and Beckworth and, and Whitehead just still, you know, not on the field. And I was kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen, well, I'm going to get back to work. Uh, I'm leaving Friday. I'm coming down for the pit game because I'm a pit alum, but I'm a bigger Tennessee fan. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, man. I love it. Hope, Thanks. Hope, hope to see you. Joe uh, in Pittsburgh. Joe in Pittsburgh. So, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Milton's other favorite quarterback. So, it's mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. Those are his three favorite quarterbacks. Three pretty good ones. Yep, yep. All right, let's go, um, let's go back to the phones. We've got Courtin Vaughn. Courtin Vaughn, good morning. What's up, y'all? Good What's morning. Up? What's up? What's up? Hey, I can say this just just like what Swain was saying there. I don't, I don't know if I missed it earlier. I got disconnected from y'all, but uh, I, you know, those were two pa- drop passes away from talking about how good Milton's numbers look, and uh, easily, easily, one more passing touchdown for Milton. I know. That Cedric bailed him out on that deep ball, and uh, I, I don't understand I mean, I that, thought, that, that. I don't understand well, why we saying he bailed him out I because mean, he missed Jalen Hyatt wide open down the middle of the field, yeah. and there was a back on the far side of the field that was had no defender within twenty yards of him and could have walked into the end zone, but he chose to go the tough route and he threw it right on a rope and practically straight into the defender. That was Cedric, a good- that was a good. It was a good throw, though. I don't think it was a bad throw, but it, I mean, it was a risky throw, in my opinion. I mean, like when when he gets graded, he's going to be dinged on missing the wide open throw, mm-hmm. right? But the throw that he made to Tillman, the DB had his back turned and it gave Cedric Tillman an opportunity to catch the ball and score. So, like, I don't I, I don't look at that as Cedric Tillman bailed him out. He just like he just made a good play. After missing an easy play, wide open layup throw to a wide open receiver, so I mean it he was just took the hard route. Yeah, but I mean it was it was a good play, but he just made it harder for himself. That's all. I don't I don't look at Cedric bailed him out. Hey, okay, I I can I can agree with you on that. I'll I'll uh, I'll give you that one because uh, I mean that, that makes that makes a lot more sense. And uh, but now Jalen has no business dropping when it hits you in the hands. That's your job. Yep, that is yep. your job to grasp that ball. I mean, like even I now I can say I, I think part of Milton's uh, looking a little off. I guess last night I think to me, and I I, I don't know how you feel about this, Wayne, but mm-hmm. I remember my very first game mm-hmm. in high school, and I remember when they turned those lights on, and I was like, man, <laughs> I done went and forgot about half the playbook. And I was just running on adrenaline and just going out there and making plays and having fun and just trying not to get my head torn off and trying to look good for the ladies. But, no, <laughs> I, I, I think we will see a, a, a little bit of a jump between games one and two, and I, I have confidence that uh, Hopple, he, he knows what he's doing with these quarterbacks. He know, I mean, I mean the guy knows. See, I mean, we, we, like, we all know this. We, we've seen his track record. We know all about it. I have faith in him, and I'm not – I'm not going to just let one game 
water that down by any means. So it, it was at least good to see a W against a team that you should get a W against. And at least we didn't have Georgia State Part 2. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we could have easily had that 52 or 59 to 6, and we would all be, you know, kumbaya and pumping our, you know, our chest and all this other stuff. But, you know, hey, a W is a W. I'll take it. And we just got a lot to work on and improve. But now the defense actually surprised me. They they looked better than I thought they would. They, I mean, they gave up a handful of explosive plays. But I mean, it's your first game. Yep. You're going to give up. You're going to get. You got things to clean up. Yep. But I did like what I saw. I was glad to see the fans were at least seeming to enjoy themselves for most of that game, and the energy was better than I figured it would be, mm-hmm. considering COVID and. You know, it's game one against Bowling Green and all this stuff. But, hey, man, it was it was just – it's great to get a W, and I'm glad we're one to know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. There, there were about five, six plays on offense where one little small adjustment, and we're talking 50 points on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're throwing the Cedric Tillman, you, you know, you, just, you don't have to lead him that far. And that's little adjustments you can make in practice, adjustments you can make in the film room. Why you know, Cedric running that ground? Well, because, I mean, he's in. And he was open. So, I, you know, Joe just has to hit him. I mean, he was open. I mean, um, you don't always run deep routes with just fast receivers. Some, I mean, you, the routes are the routes. And if you are open, you just have to know, all right, that's number four running. That's not number 11. That's not number three. That's that's number four, so I don't have to lead him as much. And that that comes with time. Remember, this guy just got here right after spring, so he really didn't have that much time to build this 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 chemistry with a group of wide receivers that you haven't worked with before. But that comes with time. That comes with going to the film room um, and and doing it together and talking about it uh, and correcting it. So I expect that to happen. Um, you know, Jalen, I, I appreciate. You know, the, the onus that he puts on himself. Um, I appreciate the responsibilities that he puts on himself. He's accountable. He knows he has to play better. And the cool thing about it is he's more than capable. He's very, very talented. He wants to be great. And we all don't have perfect games. I have I didn't I didn't have perfect games. Uh, but man, he is blessed with a skill set to where he can he can come back the next week and atone for all of that. He can he can do it. He's gifted. So uh, I expect him to be on joke machines today. I expect him to be watching that film and figure out what happened in the drop pass. Was it thumbs down when it should have been up? Or vice versa? Did he let that ball get past his eyes too much? Was the, was the route bad? Um, he'll look at that and, you know, hopefully people will let him know exactly what happened and how to fix it. Um, hour two continues after this. <laughs> 